0: Welcome back to Wisconsin prep hockey this week in Wisconsin prep hockey, Mike Hammett, along with William and Bill Berg and Dell Scanlon and guys, the regular season is over with and the playoffs begin on Tuesday. We'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show, but we're going to go back, rewind a little bit and go back to our games of the week that uh, Dell had the opportunity to check out St. Croix Valley fusion and the Chippewa Falls, Menominee Sabres and Dell. Uh,
1: Give us the spiel on it. The, this was the second meeting between the Fusion and the Sabres, and it was the Sabres that got on the board first, scoring a goal in the first period with a nice breakaway and feed. And at the, at the end of the first period, one nothing. The Sabres took control in the second period, ended up with a four, leading 4-1 four to one at the end of 2. In that period – they had just gone on a penalty kill situation and the Fusion turned the goal, the puck over in their own zone. And next thing they knew, they had given up a shorthanded goal uh, when they, they had a five on three power play. Game continued on and final score ended up being six to two with the Sabres home, uh, taking control during the entire game and won the game six to two. Uh, some good play by both teams. But, you know, the fusion go on and end up in a tie for the conference title with Hudson. And that's how the girls game of the week went this week.
0: Bill and Bill Jr., you guys were pretty doggone busy at that uh, Great Northern Conference tournament. Busy and cold. (laughs) (laughs) My feet still hurt.
2: Yeah, Great Northern Conference tournament, uh, the final round up in Manaqua. Uh, they started doing that a couple of years ago following in the wake of the Badgerland Conference Tournament. So we were up there for all four games uh, in Manaqua. Uh, generally speaking, if I'm up in Manaqua, I'd like to be on a boat on a lake, but that's not really possible this time of year. Uh, in the first game of the day, it featured uh, eighth seed Northland Pines taking on seventh seed Medford. Uh, earlier in the season, these two teams met and Medford beat Northland Pines 5-4 in overtime. This game, uh, Northland Pines just kind of flipped the script. They ended up win, winning eight to two, uh, over Medford, um, which was nice for the Northland Pines team. They've had a lot of struggles this year after being in the, the state championship game two years ago. Um, yeah, they kind of flipped the script on that. I thought it was kind of interesting. Medford ended up the season, um, one in seven, eight. How many team? how many games do they play? I think they were one in seven, one in nine. In Great Northern Conference play. Um, but outside of the Great Northern Conference, they were like five and six uh, playing other small schools from the area. And I think it kind of highlights um, the level of play in the Great Northern Conference right now uh, versus the other uh, Division II schools in the area. Um, so I bet Northland Pines took that one eight to two. And yeah, um, we, we, we did
3: talk. get a chance, we got a chance to talk with uh, Dave Cox, the longtime Northland Pines coach. You know, I suggested it was a, you know, long season, you know, for, for them, because uh, this is not the kind of season that Pines is used to have. Um, in fact, I think their, their basketball team is on top of the Great Northern Conference, and that's just something's wrong up in Eagle River. But he said, he, said, he said, you know, it would be a frustrating season if these weren't such good kids. He said uh, all the kids um, on the team, uh, their parents, he's had no problems with anybody. They all have the right attitude. They've all approached it the right way, and he said, "You know, even though they're not winning, it's it's still been a fun season. There's still a good group of kids to work with, and I mean, that's that that's what you like to see, you know, in, in hockey." So, yeah, I also
2: fun. I also asked him what changed between the five four loss and the eight to two win, and he said, "When you're four and seventeen, that's really too big a list of things to pinpoint." <laughs> Sounds like a veteran yeah. coach.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Moving on to the consolation game, this is another one where the the last two times these teams played, it was a close game. I think it was four to one, Um, but it was Anago and Tomahawk, and the Robins jumped out to a six-nothing lead midway through the second period uh, on the back of four goals uh, by Trevin Walbeck. He had the first three goals of the game in the first period. Uh, Anago jumped out to a a six-nothing lead. Tomahawk got one back. Uh, towards the end of the second period and then at the start of the third period it was like watching two different teams on the ice then played the first two periods of the game tomahawk really took it to anago in the third period picked up three goals uh, made it a six to four game uh, but they weren't able to get the goalie pulled at the end of the game the the puck just didn't stay down in the anago zone quite long enough and that's where it ended six to four Uh, really nice comeback by tomahawk in what looked like it was going to be a boring game
3: well, and similar to Medford, uh, Anigo was skating, uh, suited up 11 skaters and two goalies. So, I mean, they're basically going two lines. And I just think that what happened was that, you know, I mean, it's hard to go full speed with two lines for 51 minutes. And I think their guys just kind of, you know, let up, you know, we've, we, we've got this one in hand. You know, we don't have to really push ourselves that hard. And Tomahawk kept pushing hard, and Anigo didn't quite push hard back enough uh, and almost let him back into it.
2: Yeah, then we moved on to the third-place game, uh, Rhinelander and Wapaka. Um, don't know why uh, Wapaka's, uh, I think, second-team all-conference goalie wasn't playing in that one. Um, both their goaltenders are seniors this year, but their second-team all-conference goalie wasn't playing in that one. But uh, I don't know that it would have mattered that much. Wapaka only scored one goal. Um, And the kids' line from Rhinelander, the coach's kids' line, um, put up four goals for Rhinelander. Um, All three Rhinelander coaches, their kids are on the top line, and they they look like coaches' kids. Well, you've seen enough high school games. You remember Alec Elkin and – um, Mike Schwengler's kid, you've, you've seen enough coaches, kids over the years, you know what a coach's kid looks like. And you know, the coach's kids line really leads that Rhinelander team. Um, and I'm sure they were disappointed to be playing in that third place game uh, coming into the tournament as the second seed and having already beaten Mosinee six to three, uh, but they lost to them in the, in the second round of the tournament. But yeah, they, they really controlled that game uh, beat of four to one. Uh, yeah. On the back of the coach's kids line.
1: Uh, and so what it does a,
0: the so what does a coach's kid line look like? Does it do they, have, speaking, do they have like a name you, tag on them says, "Hi, I'm the coach." No, but
2: kid? well, I mean, you've seen it enough over the years that I don't know what it is. Whether it's that you're at home with dad all the time and he's constantly talking to you about hockey, or if you know the coach's kid actually does all the off ice stuff that other kids say they do, but they're not doing because coach is right there to see. But you can generally tell. Um, when a high school hockey coach has a kid on the team, they're generally one of the best players on the team. Um, I would agree seen with it. that. We've, we've saw it like, you know, several years ago when Schwamigan Phillips uh, had a really good year back before the split to two divisions, um, their leading player was the coach's kid. We, you know, I already have mentioned uh, Alec Elkin. Um, oh, you know, who, Mike was was there, um, who was that kid?
0: Who was that kid? Was it a Lemke or something like that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay.
2: yeah. You know, we, we've seen it years, many, many years where, you know, or, you know, or like legacy players. Like, you know, there was a, a Gornick uh, on Hudson a couple of years ago. Obviously, the arena's got his name on it for grandpa, I believe. Um, but, you you know, you've seen, you know, I don't know what it is, whether it's all that extra coaching they get
0: from, from dad at
2: home or what. But the coach's kids usually excel. Uh, they usually know maybe Reimander,
0: maybe they just know the game a little bit deeper.
2: I don't don't know what it is. You know, it could could be a lot of different things. It could be, you know, some genes in there that, you know, you get to be a coach because you're generally a decent player. So, you know, there's some family's history there.
0: Also, usually as a a coach's kid, that coach knows that group is coming up, so he knows what he's got. And you would think that a lot of times, I know what happened here in Janesville, they do a lot of preparing and stuff for that group to be there. And when they get there, they, you know, they groom them for success, especially hey, you that see group. Those when you, gotta... through, yes. you see those
2: groups through youth hockey that go to state tournaments and stuff. And then when they get the high school team, they're like, they're, they're, the, the coach is waiting for them.
0: <clears throat> Hudson Raiders. Uh, so it's one of
2: those. Yeah. So then we, we get to uh, the championship game, Lakeland and Moseny. Um Mozanie was the only team in the Great Northern that handed Lakeland a loss during the the regular season portion of the schedule. They beat Lakeland four to three, I believe. Uh, And in this one, um, it was really, the game was split in half. Mosanyi got out to a three goal lead uh, through the first period and a half. And after that, it was all Lakeland. Uh, But as Burglar said, when we were there, Lakeland did everything but score. Um, They dominated the second half of that hockey game. And it was almost like the Anago Tomahawk one, where it looked like two different teams were on the ice than it was the first half, but Lakeland could not put the puck in the net. Uh, Aiden Karst, the freshman goalie from Mosin, ended up with a 44 save shutout um, in the game. And uh, Lakeland had some good chances, very few rebound chances. Um, the, the Lakeland defense did a much better job of cleaning up the slop in front of the net than they did, or the Mosinee defense, uh, than they did when we saw them play Rhinelander in Mosinee just a couple weeks ago. Um, there were very few rebound opportunities or second shot opportunities for Lakeland. If they wanted to beat Karst, they were going to have to do it on the first shot and they just weren't getting, they weren't doing it. Um, so Mosinee took, despite being the three seed, uh, in the great Northern conference tournament, they took the the title in the tournament and, um, they are now twice. They've beaten Lakeland as the only team in the conference to beat Lakeland this season.
3: As uh, a lot more to say about that, uh, when we get to that section in the, uh, division two, because it's basically the same teams.
2: Yeah. It's a repeat of this tournament, but replace Medford with, uh, Stevens
0: point Pacelli. Lakeland and Mozanie, Didn't we have these two teams, um, rated this season?
3: They've each, they've each spent time, I
0: think, in the top six. Top six. Yeah, I thought so. And they and they both got votes this week. Okay. All right. Anything else, guys? Nope. All right. Let's move on to the Radisson-Madison Players of the Week. And we'll start out on the boys' side. Congratulations to Anagol forward defenseman Trevor Walbeck. On Tuesday, three goals and a 6-4 win over Northland Pines. On Saturday, four goals in a 6 4 win over Tomahawk and four goals, guys. In that game, sounds like they needed every single one of them.
3: Yeah, he had uh, he started the game off with a natural hat trick in the first period, and it's Trevin with an N that's not an R. Clean your glasses.
0: What part of it? (laughs) What am I looking at here? T R E V I N.
3: Yeah, you said Trevor.
0: Did I say Trevor? Anyway, Trevin, Trevin Walbeck. Okay. I was, I guess I, uh, hurried through it. Trevin suppose Walbeck. he'll
2: get a nice write-up in the newspaper. <laughs> His dad is the sports writer for the Annabelle Daily Journal.
0: <laughs> that works. Uh, girl side, Viroqua forward, Rachel Simonson on Monday, two goals, two a six, six, one win over Black River Falls on Friday, one goal in an eight, one loss to the Warbirds, and on Saturday, one goal, one assist, and a 4-1 win over the Rock County Fury. So good week for Rachel Simons of the girls' Radisson-Madison player of the week, and Anigo forward defenseman Trevin Walbeck, the Radisson-Madison player of the week on the boys' side.
2: I think he's listed as a forward defenseman because when you've only got 11 skaters, you just kind of have to be.
3: Yeah.
0: Yep. You may have to take a shift out there as a defenseman.
3: Well, yeah. In that game, Anago only skated three defensemen. They they rotated three defensemen through the through the oh. game.
0: Oh boy! I bet they were pretty tired by the end of that game. Um. Let's go on to the top six. Um. All the votes are in in the last regular season poll, and Bill Jr. Is going to run them by us, and uh, well, Bill, what's it looking like? Well, for the
2: first time all year, and I believe in the three years now we've done three divisions of top sixes: D1, D2, and girls. Uh, there is no change in the poll this week. Um, I mean, some of the votes change; the point totals are a little different, but uh, the the order of all six teams and all three divisions is the same as last week. So, Division One is Hudson, Eau Claire Memorial, Madison Edgewood, Notre Dame Academy, Eau Claire North, and SPASH. Uh, It's worth noting that three of those six or four of those six teams are all in the same division. Uh, And the other two are number one seats. Division Two, St. Mary's Springs, Rice Lake, Baldwin Woodville, New Richmond, Amory, and Somerset. And then girls, uh, Bay Area, Fox Cities, Central Wisconsin, Madison Metro, Western Wisconsin, and Onalaska. Um, the Bay area ice bears and the Hudson Raiders in division one were both unanimous selections, a little quirk in the voting this week. Rice Lake actually had the most first place votes in division two, uh, but some down ballot consideration, put them in second instead of first.
0: All right. Any, well, I was going to say any surprises were you surprised at all about, uh...
2: Well, as I was tallying the votes, I was surprised that Rice Lake was getting. I mean, they've been splitting the first place votes pretty evenly for the last several weeks, but I was surprised that Rice Lake was getting more than Springs this time, considering Springs beat Notre Dame Academy this last week. Um, the Springs the coming four. off
3: their their win of the Badgerland Conference and then beating Notre Dame, they shouldn't. You wouldn't think they would drop in the polls for that.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. I was. I was not expecting them to drop, but the the votes were tight. It was even tighter than normal. Uh, Rice Lake does have the highest strength of schedule in Division Two, um, but Springs has the highest. What do they call it? Uh, I think it's just listed as performance, which is basically your goal differential for the season, um, and their strength of schedule. It's not like they're a slouch. It's fifth. Uh, their yeah, strength they, of schedule is fifth behind, behind the four team, the four division two teams in the big rivers conference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a conference it is.
2: Yeah. Like those two, those, those four teams don't have a choice. They're going to have a brutal no. ske- strength of schedule because they have Hudson, the Eau Claire schools and Chippewa falls twice every year.
0: That's and you say that right there. That's that's eight games.
2: Yeah. I mean, eight, that's a third of your schedule. Um, is against four high-quality D1 teams for those. Like, they don't have to schedule any other, those four teams, any other D1 games for the rest of their season. They can schedule whatever D2 teams they want, and their strength of schedule is still going to be set because of those eight games.
0: Give Josh Engel credit. He's doing a pretty good job up there at Rice Lake.
2: Yeah, and Rice Lake is one of the teams that scored a goal on Hudson this year, so that's worth noting. Boys,
0: Looking Hudson, don't give. in it. Uh, Hudson don't give up many, do they? Let's get, um, let's enter, uh.
3: We might as well just roll right into division one, section one. That's that's what we're just talking
0: about. Division one, section one, our regional round previews. And, uh, let's go ahead and start with division one, section one.
2: Well, Uh, Hudson,
0: obviously number one in their
2: 20 games against Wisconsin teams this year, they have allowed 18 goals. And it's not like, you know, it's not like the, all their shutouts came against like Menominee or River Falls. No offense to Menominee and River Falls, but they shut out Notre Dame Academy. Um, they shut out Wasa West. They shut out. Um, uh, they shut out Rice Lake once. They shut out. Uh, I don't want to say there was someone else in there like another big one. They shut out Chippewa Falls. You know, they're like, yeah, they're 18 goals. They shut out Verona, um, 18 goals in in 20 games against Wisconsin teams. Uh, That's just stifling, stifling, stifling defensive hockey.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, And if it wasn't for for Hudson, um, we'd probably be gushing all over Eau Claire Memorial um, again. I mean, they lost twice to Hudson the only other blemish on their schedule is a, is a tie with Notre Dame early in the season. I mean, they've beaten everybody else. Um, So, you know, a a solid, solid team there at Claire Memorial as well. It's just right now they're just kind of being overshadowed by, by, by a really dominant Hudson team.
2: Yeah. They would be the number
0: one seed in any other
2: section, but the one they're in.
0: I, uh, Recently was talking to Shay McLaughlin, who coaches a Bantam team for Eau Claire. He says they, uh, the talent's just going to keep coming there because uh, they've got some really talented kids at the Bantam level. So, you know, Eau Claire's area going to be, you know, putting out some more uh, talented teams. Like Memorial. I was looking
2: at it, I was looking at it earlier tonight. Hudson has 32 Bantams this year. And it's a down year for them, Bantam boys. They're going to have even more next year. And Eau Claire, uh, Eau Claire, Youth Hockey has 46 Bantams this year. You know, if you're wondering how they manage to field Eau Claire Memorial and Eau Claire North, and then the the Regis, um, Altoona, McDonald, Central Co-op, they have 46 Bantams um, in in you know Eau Claire Youth Hockey in a city of 65,000 people.
0: And that's it, and then that's if they all decide to play.
3: Well, yeah, well, that because your bantams, almost half of your bantams are freshmen in high school. Bantams are usually eighth and ninth graders, and like your top bantams are going to be on your high school team or your JV team. So that's a, that's a lot of ninth graders.
0: Wisconsin Rapids taking on D.C. Everest to take on Hudson in round two. Spashing the Northwest Iceman will play tomorrow night. Wausau West plays Wausau East. Chippewa Falls in the bottom part of the bracket, going to be taking on Ashland and Superior. A play-in game for them. Yeah. They are going to have Toma coming up to visit them in the winter of that one gets uh, Eau Claire Memorial. Yeah, I
2: don't see a lot of upsets in the region round here.
0: Um, you know, you don't see a lot of 12s
2: beating fives in general um East Merrill I mean they've already played Wasa West once it wasn't fantastic for them um Ashland you know just a few years ago put together a really nice team but they're not there this year um Superior they you know they were the runner-up in Division 2 that last year now they're playing in Division 1 um if they were in Division 2 again they would have a really competitive team but they're in division one now. Um, they should get by Thomas Water. The only real interesting game on Tuesday is probably gonna be Wisconsin Rapids and DC Everest. Yes. Um, I don't I don't have no offhand what they did last time they
3: played. Well, I think the the, the fun is gonna happen on otherwise gonna be on Thursday, assuming that Smash beats the Northwest Iceman and Wasau West beats Wasau East Merrill. Um, then you're going to have Spash and Los West again on Thursday for the fir- third time this year. That should be a good matchup. You know, the first time
2: they played, it was an overtime win for West. The second time they played, Spash kind of spanked them. Um, so well, I'm sure West is looking to get back at them for the third time, make sure, you know, prove to everybody that they earned that fourth seed over Spash in the fifth seed.
0: Guys ready to move then- to the Division Two.
2: I think the only really real, I mean, Superior and Eau Claire Memorial, assuming Superior beats Toma, that should be a decent game. I don't know that it'll be a great game. Chippewa Falls versus Eau Claire North should be a good game. They've played a couple of good games this year. Chippewa Falls does not have the scoring that they had the last couple of years that made them a really challenging team. Right now they're really relying heavily on uh, Bridger Fixmer in that. Super goalie, Bridger Fixmer.
0: He sure is. Division 2, Section 1. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, Number 1 seed, Rice Lake, taking on Shequamigan Phillips in Round 1. Hayward taking on Marshfield. Amory taking on Medford. And New Richmond taking on Whistleflag, the blizzard.
2: This is an interesting one because – oh, I didn't even do my thing. Uh, I just want to – I did a poll. I did polls on Twitter all day today. I see that. Um, I pulled uh, D1 section one, our readers, 62.5% of our readers think Hudson's going to take that one. Uh, for, for D2 section one, 72% of our readers think Rice Lake is going to take this one. Uh, this one is interesting because Rice Lake and Hayward played earlier in the year. Rice Lake won two to one in overtime, and um, Logan Abrick had 60-something saves for Hayward. Um, Hayward does not have a lot of offense uh, they did they, they do not score a lot of goals but they have um, I'm, I don't know if everybody's score sheets are all completely entered yet but right now he's sitting as the second highest save percentage in the state uh, behind Tyler Frommels from from Lupin. Um, so that's Hayward's saving grace Amory and New Richmond have been ranked pretty much all year uh, bouncing around Amory at the bottom half of the top six, New Richmond now at fourth. Uh, they 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 were, didn't start the year there, but they've been clawing their way in. Um, Rice Lake has beaten New Richmond twice already. They beat Amor, uh, uh, Amory. Uh, they're twelve and zero in Division Two this year. Is Rice Lake?
0: All four of these games will be on Thursday. Yeah. So let's a look at that one. Let's move over to the girls' side. And let's go with Division One, and uh, uh, I mean Section One. And well, you got the
2: Tuesday we've got Northland Pines against the Wisconsin Valley Union uh, in Trasher's traditional grudge match. Uh, Burglar and I actually saw these two teams play earlier in the year. Um, the The game we watched, uh, Northland Pines, in my mind was. Um, I believe, clearly the better team. They won that game 4-1. to Other than Leah Pavelski, we didn't see a whole lot from the Union. Um, But they are the five seed, so obviously they've earned it along the way. Um, Northern Edge and Superior. Uh, It's kind of weird seeing, you know, Anago, Rhinelander, Lakeland co-op playing Superior in the playoffs. Uh, But Superior is just like all off and lonely in that section of the state. Uh, so, you know, that's where they're at. Uh, I think Northern Edge has had a really tough season. Um, that's probably going to be a superior win. Hayward and Medford. Um, Hayward is not, they're not the, the runaway Hayward that they were in the past, but they have one really good player whose name I'm not going to remember. Um, Burglar, do you remember her?
3: Yes. Hang on.
2: Uh, Riley Springer is the one I was thinking of. 21 goals and 11 assists this year. And then uh, Reese Sheehan has 18 goals and 23 assists. They're kind of a dynamic duo uh, for Hayward. Um, They've been doing it. Yeah,
3: Riley Riley Springer is just a a beast on the ice. He's just um, strong on her skates, moves the puck well. Then they have, uh, the other one is a a freshman. Then they have another, They have two freshmen that are, Really doing well for them as well, so they're looking good down the road.
2: Okay, we're going. I don't know that I don't know that any of them are going to have a huge chance against Central Wisconsin. Uh, The storm have a on our poll. Fifty three percent of our viewers or readers think the storm are going to take it. Sixteen percent Hayward, nineteen percent Superior, and then the rest go to seeds four through seven.
1: I, I guess the one thing together.
3: again, I mean, we, we saw him play at the beginning of the year, but the storm just, the storm beat him one to nothing just last week. Um, yep. They outshot him by a bunch, 30 to 18. Um, but uh, you know, the Hay- Hayward's goalie, uh, Greta Wolber, uh you know, she only gave up one goal in that game.
2: The storm, the storm's problem as the number one seed is that they're a very aggressive, very good team, but they only have one player who can score reliably. Um, Samantha Federici, um, you know, back when she was a sophomore and Trasher was not retired. She was basically his favorite player. Um, she's got 26 goals for them and 21 assists, 47 points. She's 19 points ahead of their next closest player. Um she is, she's really their scoring threat in those, in those close games against good teams. And it's really hard when you get down to tournament time, it's really hard to rely on that one player to win you games because by now everybody knows that she's their scoring threat. Um, no, I will say and that. She,
3: she did score the goal in that one nothing game, but it was in overtime. I mean, they, they were scoreless through three periods.
2: Something the Storm have this year that they didn't have so much in, in years past I think she's a junior now. Is Chloe Lemke, um, you know, from coming in with zero starts in the sectional final against the Fox City Stars two years ago, uh, to now being their starting goalie as a junior? She's got a nine thirty-seven uh, save percentage on the year, so she's doing a really nice job in net.
0: Oh, you want to chime in?
1: All see is my mic working now. Yeah, sure is. is. Okay. Um, well, burglar brought up what I was going to say is, uh, after losing to the storm five to one in their opener of the season, uh, they lost one nothing in this latest game. Uh, Spartans get the northern edge in their first round game. Uh, you know, it's Spart- superior's got a seven and sixteen record on the season, but it's hard to say exactly what their record is you know they play a lot of their games against minnesota but you know as everybody's saying you know this is one where we're going to be looking at central wisconsin in this division in this section i do believe
0: let's move over to section two saint croix valley fusion girls they have the top seed Western Wisconsin, number four, Chippewa Falls, Menominee, number five seed. They'll move on. The winner of that one to play them. Then the bottom half of the bracket has on Alaska and the ECA Stars and the Hudson Raiders taking on Black River Falls. And uh, open it up to you, Dell. Uh, go ahead.
1: This section is the one that I think is the most. is wide open, and I, I can see. Uh, actually, any of the top five come out of it, because the Sabers, mm-hmm. depending on what night you, they, you look, they just knocked off the Fusion on Tuesday evening. Uh, they uh, lost to Western Wisconsin earlier this year, but on Alaska, to me, is kind of the wild card in here. That, and to me, I think that's the team that's going to come out of here is on Alaska uh they're going to open up the weekend against the stars on thursday night and i got to watch them early in the season both playing their second game of the season and that was a three to two loss at hobbs municipal ice arena
0: eca stars haven't had much scoring this year it seems like
1: they are a little bit on the younger side this year i do believe uh, and that was the one part that they, they were going to struggle with was uh, scoring. And
3: I'm going to have to agree with Dell on this one. I had on Alaska picked as my wildcard team. They were on December 14th. They were sitting at four and four. Uh, they haven't lost since, um, mm-hmm. and that includes you know wins over University School, the Metro Links, uh, Saint Croix Valley. Um, yeah, they've not lost since the middle of December.
2: In this section, um, you know, like ba- basketball has moved to computerized seating this year. And I, I looked at um, the My Hockey Rankings uh, website, computer rankings. This section is the one that, according to the computers, the coaches got the most wrong. Um, according to the My Hockey Rankings uh, this section should be Western Wisconsin 1, Onalaska 2, St. Croix Valley 3, Hudson 4. Uh, Chippewa Falls, Eau Claire, Black River Falls, those are all the same. Um, but you look at the computer ranking saying that uh, St. Croix Valley Fusion beat Western Wisconsin twice. So if you're you know, ranking them on, on sectional play, it's hard to rank them below them. But the computers say that's where they should be. Um, yeah, this sectional is wide open. Chippewa Falls... They just spanked St. Valley in the game Dell was at, Um, you know, St. Crivelli Valley's beaten Western Wisconsin twice, but Western Wisconsin has played really nicely this season on Alaska is on that nice winning streak. Hudson has beaten uh, several of these teams, Um, but they, they lack, they lack depth. So if you look at some of Hudson's games, they'll play the same team twice. And one time they'll win them and they'll win in a close game. And the next time they play them, uh, they lose by several goals um that's just the kind of thing that happens when you you don't have a lot of depth um but yeah top five in this one any one of them then any one of them could win it
1: um you you're talking about hudson there hudson is seven and two against the teams within the section but then when you look at hudson's you know they're averaging 2.26 goals per game and allowing 3.48 you know and, and stuff so now granted you know i think we've noted before, you know, a lot of their games are against Minnesota teams, which kind of skews that outlook you're looking at on, yeah. on those goals. Hudson,
2: Hudson's record against Minnesota this year is bad, and their record against Wisconsin this year is good. Um, and it's it's skewing all of their numbers. Uh, going to our, our poll, uh, our, our readers have 49% uh, voting for Hudson, 21% voting for St. Croix Valley, 14% voting for Onalaska, and then Seeds four through seven are at fifteen percent because you can only put four things in a Twitter poll. Uh, so our viewer our readers think that Hudson's gonna take this one, but that just might be because a whole bunch of people from Hudson voted.
0: You get any work done today? Junior? Sure. That Boy. depends.
2: Do you mean the job I'm paid for? Or oh, or I'm Wisconsin talking
0: about WIP. Well, WIPH, I know you did. It's all yes. kinds of polls popping up on Twitter. And I see your one that you had about. Hudson and Eau Claire, and it's already got quite a few likes on it. So
3: He he can get a lot done on his lunch break.
0: He's got a strong Twitter game, right? Yeah. I get my work done,
2: and then I do other stuff while I'm waiting for more work to come.
0: And HHS Boys Hockey just liked another two of your tweets. You found a fan base. Let's move on to Boys Section 2 um section two uh that's wait a minute here d2 section two d2 section two that's too many twos so this is
2: this is the this is the repeat of the great northern conference tournament uh with stevens point picelli replacing medford who moves over to section one um sacrificial
3: lamb in section one
2: yeah (laughs) Uh, so you know Lakeland got the top seed. Rhinelander, Mosinee, Anago, Wapaka. That's the same seeding they were for the Great Northern Conference tournament, which doesn't really make any sense because they seeded the Great Northern Conference tournament, and then in like the next Tuesday, Wapaka came out and beat Anago. Somehow Wapaka is still seated behind Anago in this one. Uh, Pachelli at seven, Tomahawk or Pacelli at six, Tomahawk at seven, Northland Pines at eight. Um, like we said, it's been a tough season for Northland Pines. I can't see them beating Lakeland. Um Anago Wapaca should be a good game. I can see watching them play in the Great Northern Conference tournament. I can see why Anago beat Ryan Lander and mozani Um, they have talent, they just don't have enough of it. Like they don't well, have enough guys. So you can see how they can win a game, but oof, it's gonna be tough.
3: Well, what 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 we saw? I mean, it we were talking while we were up there, it looked like there were you Know five teams that you know kind of had the tell level that it was a drop off on the bottom three teams, but I, I don't, I'm I'd almost have to say it's like four teams and then Wapaka and then the bottom three because Wapaka has not beaten Lakeland or Ryan Lander or Mozanie. has beaten Antigo twice. Um, Antigo's beaten uh Moseny and Ryan Lander. Um, the other teams you know have swapped wins. But I mean, Anago's Kryptonite, as you like to call it, when we're up, it seems to be Wapaka. It's their nemesis. Um, you know, they, they they've lost to them twice at home. They have one more time. Um, you know, if they can get what if they can get by Wapaka, then you should see those same four teams. Uh, you know, Lakeland, Anago, Mozany, and Rhinelander. You know, in the in the semifinals. You know, for for the region. Um, but, you know, can they get by Wapaka? Don't know.
2: Then if they can, it becomes the rubber match between, well, on the bottom half, Mosinney and Rhinelander. They've split with each other now this year. Rhinelander won 6-3 to three the first time. I think Mosini won 8-2 to two the second time. Um, like, those are two wildly different scores for two teams that played each other just a few weeks apart. Um, and then on the top, it's either Anago or Wapaka against Lakeland, and I don't know that either of those teams can beat Lakeland. Lakeland. Um, well, I don't. Deep.
3: Yeah, I mean, and it, Lakeland's got more depth. I mean, they they will. If it is Anago, I think Lakeland will wear them down. Um, it'll be hard to go, you know, two lines, three defensemen against Lakeland for 51 minutes.
0: against anybody for 51 minutes that's a uh, that's asking a lot but you know funny things happen
1: yeah Let's i don't move. see in the,
2: in the regional round i don't see any upsets coming out of this one unless you consider like a five over a four an upset that's that's they're really kind of tied there in the middle and going to the pack up
0: section two division one uh notre dame academy is the top seed they won't play until thursday Um, Nina's number two seed, number three seed is Ashwaubenon, number four Bayport Pirates. All those four teams won't play until Thursday. So let's go ahead and start with Beaver Dam and Sheboygan playing for the right to play Notre Dame. And then, uh, I see you guys, uh, we did a little chatting a little bit, or you guys kind of dug a little bit about, uh, the Bayport and Shawnee matchup.
2: Yeah, the WIAA, WIAA has it listed as a forfeit. Um uh checked with the, the Bayport uh streaming um people. Uh they checked with their AD and they got back that Shano doesn't have enough players for the game. Um
3: You've thrown in had, the towel.
2: It could be that or it could be that they got hit with the Rona. Um that is still a possibility. That's still a thing that's happening. So um could be whatever, for whatever reason, they don't have enough players for that one. So Bayport gets a buy in the first round. Um, so they'll play the winner of Fond du Lac and Fox cities. Notre Dame will play the winner of Beaver Dam and Sheboygan. That's a nine and an eight. That one should be a good game. Uh, Fond du Lac has had a really nice season. I can't see them falling uh, to Fox cities. Now that would, that would infuriate Ryan Sarazen. Um, on the bottom half, Depeer and Oshkosh are going to play for the right to play Ashwabanon. And then West Bend and Appleton United play for the right to play Nina. This is another section where the computers disagree. Um, they think that Nina should be fourth and Bayport should be second. Our Twitter readers, oh, I didn't do the last one. The last one is a tie. Lakeland and Moseny were both at 36% with Rhinelander at 18%. Uh, this one, Notre Dame, is at 53%. Nina's at 23%. Ashwabanon's at 7% uh, from our Twitter readers, who we all love. They know best, don't they? Yes. I think second round, We don't. I don't know what day it'll be yet um, because Bayport wasn't expecting to have to schedule it yet. You know, usually you usually have to wait till you finish the Tuesday game first. Um, but Fond du Lac versus Bayport should be a really good hockey game. I don't. If it's on a Friday, you know, maybe I consider making the trip over to Cornerstone to watch that one. If it's on the Thursday, probably not. Um,
0: but that would that would that would should be a really good hockey game. How far you live from Cornerstone? I know. I know what area you live in. How far away is that? I
2: went there like <laughs> three weeks ago, and I really should know the answer to that.
0: Is it like it's it? not much
2: more? It's not much more than an hour, hour ten okay. minutes, something like that. Okay. And it's, it's, a, it's a pretty easy drive. Um, De Pere and Ashwaubenon, uh, that should be a good game. They Obviously, they've met in the, the Fox River Classic Conference plenty of times. Um, Appleton United and West Bend going on for the right to play Nina. Uh, I don't know that either of those teams can skate with Nina. Nina is big and fast, and while they didn't use their size to their advantage the last time I saw them play, Uh, That might have had something to do with the fact that Springs is really, really fast. Um, I don't think West Bend and Appleton United will will give
3: them that particular trouble. Uh, Nina Nina is my wild card team in this one, Um, and it's 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 their power play. Their power play is like forty three percent. You look at they they lost to Ashwaubenon uh, late in January, two to one. I, I think they only had one power play opportunity in that game. They, if, if they get, if, if you can stay out of the box and give them three or fewer power plays, you got a good chance of beating Nina. If you give them four more chances on a power play, you better plan on scoring a lot of goals yourself because they will score power play goals. Um, and I believe Ashwaubenon. So anybody, anybody, I mean, what Nina has to do, Nina needs uh, a Brett Zelazowski, you know, just some pestering agitator, you know, who can get under the other team's skin and get them to take stupid penalties. Um, you know, what,
2: or a kid, a kid who's like five, two. So that anytime you check him, it's automatically elbowing or head. Contact, what, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or head contact. that was Brett Zalazowski's skill. Brett, go get us a power play. Okay. Coach. <laughs> uh, that was uh, Ash Wabanon. I believe their goalie, Caleb Moore. Or no, Lincoln Simmons, Caleb Moore is Nina's goalie. Uh, Lincoln Simmons, I believe he was the Fox River Classic um first team goaltender. Uh he's had a really nice season. He's at 933 on the season, which yeah, I think I mean, he was a or,
3: player of the week uh one week for us.
2: Yeah, seven seven shutouts, one point five six goals against average nine nine thirty-three. The state leader is at nine forty-three. So he's he's right up there. He' Yeah. Um, he's had a really, really nice season. And that's, that's what, that's what Ashwaubenon's real strength is, is uh, they have a top tier goaltender. Um, even the games they've lost, um, they lost two to one to appear They lost two to one to Notre Dame Academy. They lost two to one to Bayport. Um, and then they had a four to two loss to Spash. And even in that game, given up four goals, he was at nine Oh six. So like, they have they have a top-tier goaltender, and we've all seen what a top-tier goaltender can do for you in the playoffs.
0: Steel games. Yep. Uh, Section 3, Division 1, boys. Madison Edgewood is the top seed. And Wanakee is the number two seed. Those two teams wait until Thursday and Friday before they go to action. Uh, Sun Prairie and Onalaska play tomorrow night, Stockbury and DeForest, Reedsburg and Baraboo Portage, Verona and Madison, uh, the East Side Lakers, Middleton and Aquinas and Madison Memorial against Madison West. This is a section where I think
2: the three seeds got a better chance of coming out of it than the two seed does. Um, we saw the final score when Edgewood played wanakee and it was not pretty. Uh, if you're a Wanake fan, but when Edgewood played Verona, I believe it was two to one or three to two. Um, so that's the, I mean, I, I, I think for whatever reason, you know, sometimes teams match up well against other teams. Um, you know, I think Edgewood uh, favors as the number one seed, they they they, they do better against the two seed Wanake than they'll do against the three seed Verona. Um, yeah it was two to one win against Verona they beat w- Wanaki ten to three uh, and then but they wouldn't the see season,
0: Verona till the
1: sectional final
2: yep and earlier they beat um, Wanake five to two so
1: he, did uh Edgwood and uh, for, not Edgewood but did Wanake and Verona play this year
0: yes I believe Wanaki won that game five three. I know Wanake won it, and they had a five. And I mean, it would be like, nice if we yep. had a
1: website that we could find it. But. You, have a, you they, have a
2: very good memory, MJ. They did and win. they scored like four goals in the first period. Yeah, they won five to three. Uh, Verona outshot them 46 to 22. Uh, but Wanake scored three goals on eight shots in the first period.
3: Yeah, Verona is the team I had as the wild card in this one, mainly because, well, except for that game, they don't give up a lot of goals. Uh, their goals against is only one point eight seven on the season. Their goals against average, so they don't get scored on a lot. They don't they don't put up the gaudy numbers like uh, Oregon or Wanakee do, but they don't give up a lot of goals.
0: I yeah, other been-
2: than that, other than that five goal game by Wanake, uh their only other game where they've given up more than three was their five to nothing loss to Hudson in their second game of the season.
0: I had a uh, discussion last week with, uh, Joel Marshall, a head coach of Verona. And he said the same things. We're not the high scoring team that we have been the last, last couple of years, but yet they still play enough defense and they don't have Caden Grant back there anymore, but still they're getting it done defensively. Those games, Tuesday games, Sun Prairie and Onalaska, Sauk Prairie, DeForest, Reedsburg, Baraboo Portage, Verona and LaFayette. Middleton and Aquinas Madison Memorial Madison West Madison Memorial I've had the chance to see them play twice this year Madison Memorial can be kind of sneaky because as the seasons one on they've played a lot better
2: yeah and, I was looking at their their schedule and they kind of have like I think Matt Morton and the anago coach called it with his team a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on because they're they are they Madison Memorial have won a couple games um that I didn't think they would have won, um, but then they've 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 had got some losses that they probably would like back.
0: Look at it this way: Verona and Middleton. Let's say those two come out of that, and they would play on that uh, on Thursday or Friday or whatever it is. Verona and Middleton. If I remember correctly, they played recently, and it was a three-two Verona win. I mean, Middleton's got some pieces. When I saw him, they hadn't put all those pieces together yet. Madison Memorial, I think, can, could skate with Wanakee. Do I think they have enough? Sam Knight, the defenseman for Madison Memorial, is just going to have to have a hell of a game. He He's the real deal back there on the blue line for Madison Memorial. Well, if he stays um, on the ice for 40 minutes. Is he a is Derek LaPointe-like? Um uh, Prairie and Prairie, you know, as we talked about that one, um, basically Sock Prairie is having a good season. And uh, Reedsburg, those two uh, Badger teams could meet up on uh, Thursday or Friday. And,
3: well, that's Dale's yeah. specialty there. Well,
1: yeah. The thing it you, you know, game, game tomorrow night, RWD against Baraboo. Uh, RWD should win that one. They beat Baraboo both times they played this season uh Baraboo's not had a very good season they've been a very weak team this year uh RWD's beat Sock Prairie twice they beat them two to one on their home rink when they played in Reedsburg and I believe it was three to two at Sock Prairie now tomorrow night when RWD plays Baraboo they're going to play over in the Lake Delton rink the quite the question is is if both sock and rwd advance where will they play the next game and talking to a few people the thought is is they might play it in reedsburg because the the rink's a little bit smaller which then you know helps eliminate a little bit of the speed that sock prairie uses against them you know being able to spread it out and stuff but you know either way that Thursday night game should be Sauk Prairie against R- RWD, and it should be a very good game. Um, RWD's played Edgewood twice this year; uh, they lost to them four to one in Reedsburg, and then when they played at the Laban, it was a four to two game. And so, you know, it, they play Edgewood pretty tight and close. And talking to the assistant coach and stuff, you know. He thinks they match up better with them than what Wanakee does. And what the scores have been a little bit closer, but you've got two games you got to win before you have the chance to face Edgewood again. And you cannot – RWD knows they can't overlook Sock.
2: You can't – yeah, when you look past him, oh. things happen. Um, our our Twitter fans have Edgewood at 66% on this one, Verona at 14 and Wanakee at 10 uh, so they are, seem to be trending to agree with the burglar that
0: Verona is the sleeper in that one. Division two, section three, number one seed is Baldwin Woodville. They will take on Viroqua on Thursday, West Salem. The number four seed will take on Black River Falls at West Salem. River Falls. The number three seed will take on Regis um, Thursday. At, uh, River Falls and Somerset, the number two seed will take on the Menominee Mustangs Thursday at Somerset.
2: This is the third year in a row. Um, since the split to two divisions that Baldwin Woodville has been the number one seed in this section, and they have yet to play in the sectional final, uh, they've lost the semifinal each of the last two years and, and Somerset, uh, is a three seed one year and a two seed the next has gotten to go to state without having to get by the number one seed. Um, I'm sure Baldwin is, is looking to change that this year. I would agree with that theory. Um, Looking at this section, um, you know, and you can get some, you can get surprised by a, by a lot of teams, but in this one, I don't see anybody other than Baldwin or Somerset having a, a really good chance at this. Um, river falls, obviously they have a hard strength of schedule playing in the, in the big rivers conference, but, uh, even outside of their big rivers games, they did not have a lot of success this year. Um, although, you know, the computers, uh, do like them overall. They're not, they're not, I'm not, I'm not saying they're a horrible team, but outside of, uh, Baldwin, Woodville and Somerset, I think anybody else coming out of this one would be, um, kind of a huge Somerset, a uh, huge upset.
3: Well, yeah, you look at your you look at your computer rankings. I mean, Baldwin Woodville is four, and Somerset is five. You know, so they're right next to each other, just you know, just a couple of points apart. Um, you know, River Falls is down there at fifteen, so that's a big drop.
2: Yeah, when you're talking about thirty-two teams in Division Two, five to fifteen is is a long way. Yeah. Um, our our Twitter fans have 31% only on Baldwin on this one, uh, 56% for Somerset, 5% for River Falls. So they expect our, 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 our Twitter fans are calling for the upset in this one, calling for the two seed, which would be Somerset's third straight third straight trip to state uh, out of this section if they, if they do pull that off.
0: Earl section three. Mass Metro Links number one team. They won't play anybody until next Tuesday. Play-in game on Friday has uh, the Icebergs hosting the Rock County Fury. Cap City Cougars taking on Badger Lightning. And Verroca taking on Beaver Dam at Verroca Cap City at home against the Badger Lightning. Uh, Dell, what do you see here?
1: Well, I know at the early part of the season... When the top sixes were coming out, we were kind of saying, you know, the Metro Lynx really hadn't played anybody early part of the season and that their schedule was fairly weak. As they posted their 20 wins, three loss record this season, their three losses have come to Central Wisconsin, which was a two to one game, on Alaska, which was a three to two game, and to Bay Area. On January 28th, and that was a two to one game. And so, you know, there are three losses have come to top teams, but they've been very close games. They've added. Averaged- that, said,
2: that said, their strength of schedule is 24th out of the 28 girls' teams in the state.
1: Um,
2: there are only four teams that played a weaker schedule than them this year. They've done very well. And as, as um, Coach uh, Jeff Fox and I have talked a lot over email this season, he was cognizant of their schedule, um, but he also said that they're probably the deepest team in the state.
3: Well, you know, we, we talked about the the boys' Division Two Section Two being the Great Northern Conference. Well, this girls' section is pretty much the Badger Conference, and the Metro Lynx scored seventy-one goals in the Badger Conference and allowed seven. Yeah,
0: no, they don't give much up. And yeah, the.
1: Go ahead,
3: Junior.
2: The big thing I see out of the links is like I've like I, I mentioned, Coach Fox has talked about how deep they are. Like there's a lot of TW players on the Metro Links, uh, both U18 and U16. Um, they're a very deep team, but their leading scorers don't have the kind of numbers you see out of like um, Meester and Zilish in Fox Cities, or um, I forgot her name in Western Wisconsin who leads the state in scoring. They don't have that kind of, of offensive punch, but they're very deep all the way down. You know, they're very, they're a very quality team, um, but they don't have like the super high end players. And then Viroqua on the other end um, the number two seed, the number one seed is the biggest team in the section. The number two seed is the smallest team in the section, second smallest team in the state uh, in terms of enrollment Viroqua. Viroqua doesn't have depth. Like the Metrolinx are a super deep team without a lot of high-end Viroqua is does not have depth, but they have a very high high end. Um, and that leads to some weird scores. The first time they played the Metrolinx, it was a three to two loss. The second time they played, it was a six to one loss. And that's you know, we talked about that in one of the other sections. That's the kind of thing that happens when you have like that really good first line and then no real depth behind it. Um, Viroqua could. I mean, you saw in the three to two game, they could beat the Metro Lynx. That is entirely within the realm of possibility. On the other hand, they could lose by a whole bunch of goals because the Metro Lynx is the, the deeper team. They just don't have the same, the high, the same high end.
1: Right. And you talking about those two games, but with Viroqua, uh, you're talking two different ice rinks there. You get to the, the Viroqua ice rink, the, the ice is a little bit harder and everything and if when you get to madison ice rink that's a little bit softer ice and stuff and you know so afroko was a three to two game and then when you got there playing at the madison ice arena it was you know six to one And, and those two games were played four days apart as you look at the icebergs taking on the fury they split their games this year and both teams winning on their home ice and so you know, that, that game honestly is a toss up. E- either one of them can take that one. Uh, if somebody had told me two weeks ago that Cap City and Badger Lightning uh, game, I would have said, you know, Cap City should win that one easy until I look at their last game against each other and the Cap City got out of that with a two to one win in uh, Baraboo. So you know that that could be the upset, but I don't see I honestly don't see anybody coming out of this one except the links, you know, what yeah, this section. Our
2: Twitter followers agree they're at 67% for Madison Metro, 13% for Viroqua, 10% for Cap City. Um,
3: yeah, I mean Rock other, County, right well, like we talked with some of the other goalies. I mean, Rock County has Olivia Cronin in the net. And she can keep the score down, but they just don't score any goals.
0: They they just don't have the scoring. I mean, they yeah. don't have the scoring depth. Emma um, Kagora
3: has 27 points. Their next highest is half of that. I mean, 13 points through what 20 24 games. Yeah, you know, the second I media mean, score is 13 a, points. A goalie a goalie can games. keep you a goalie, it's hard to game.
2: Uh-huh. A goalie can keep you in a game, but it's really hard for a goalie to win the game because yeah. someone's got to put the puck in the net.
0: Emma yeah, Klegora can do it, she, she just did... doesn't have a whole lot around her.
1: Well, and, and the thing is, she she's actually the game that I c- covered where they played, she was the one that kept them in that game. But you know, by the time the third period w- rolled around, it's like uh, Junior was saying earlier, you know, that depth takes its toll.
0: Yeah, they're not very deep at all. Um, but the one thing you'll get out of Emma Kogoro, you're going to get effort all the way to the final buzzer with that girl. She's just nonstop. And, you uh, know, but I just don't, I agree, Dell. They just don't have enough depth. But they do have a chance in net with Olivia Cronin. Yeah, the Metro Lynx, like uh,
2: points wise, sort of remind me of Eau Claire North, where they're really good and they're really deep and they get scoring from a lot of different people, but they don't get a lot of scoring from anybody. Yeah. Um, you, you expect you expect a number one seed in the girls' sections to have, in a 24-game season, a 20-goal scorer, at least one, if not two. They don't have any. Um, so they, they remind me of Eau Claire North in that way, which is hardly a negative thing to say Eau Claire North is, what, fourth, fifth in the state? you know, that's, that's, you know, nothing to shame, but yeah, they don't um, especially when you consider, um, like I said earlier, their schedule strength was 24th out of the 28 girls teams. You'd think that they'd have more games where they're putting up bunches of goals uh, to pad the stats a little, but yeah, the, they don't have a single 20 goal score, which is something you expect to see. So they're a very deep, strong team. Like we saw at Leclerc North, they beat Hudson earlier in the year. Um, they just don't have a lot of high end punch, but you know, their lack of high-end punch is going to go against Viroqua's lack of depth. And, you know, in that case, I would take depth over the high-end uh,
0: any day. Section four on the girls' side. Bay Area Ice Bears, number one seed. University School in the Lakeshore Lightning, the play-in game to next Tuesday against Bay Area. Warbirds in Brookfield Glacier. On Thursday and on Friday, Fox City Stars taking on the Arrowhead Warhawks. And uh, Dell, what do you see?
1: You know how we talk about the boys' division one? This would be the girls' version of it. This is the one where you're going to have teams beating up on each other. Uh, we Metrolinx gave the Fox City Stars one of their three losses. And that was a one to nothing game in double overtime, I believe. But, you know, so it it was a double overtime game in which Metrolinx won that one. The other two defeats that they suffered were uh, to the um, Bay Area Ice Bears, where they lost two of those games. But, you know, Bay Area, this is basically the Eastern Shores Conference And the only team from the Eastern Shores Conference that's not in this is Wisconsin Valley Union. Um, Bay Area Ice Bears won the Eastern Shores Conference regular season. They won the Eastern Shores Conference tournament. Uh, So, you know, that's where they're the number one seed, scoring over five goals per game and allowing less than one goal per game on average.
2: And the Warbirds, like... They have they have a win against the Central Wisconsin Storm, um, an overtime win against the Storm, which is one of the more shocking games of the season to me. Um, they outshot the Storm thirty-two to thirty, so shots were basically even. Then they won that game three to two in overtime because otherwise the Warbirds they're zero three against Fox Cities now. Um, against Bay Area, they're they're zero 2 two that win against the storm makes me think, yeah, this team can, can make a run at it. But bet- between those two teams combined, they're zero and five this year. and you know, I don't see them reversing that
1: six of their eight losses have come to the ice bears, the Fox city stars, central Wisconsin storm and the Metro links.
2: So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, I like they, they lose They're the, they're like that next tier of team. Like you remember when we had the top 10, it was always like the top four we're like the really great teams. And then five through 10 were okay. And then, you know, well, not okay, but good. Like they're in that, that old five through 10, range. They're good, but I don't think that they can skate with the stars and um, uh, the Bay area uh, ice bears. When, when state tournament is on the line, I don't, I don't think they have, I don't think they have the, the roster for that this year.
3: No, they've, they've, they've got some, they've got some good players. Um, they got some very good players, uh, Emily Brown and Ellis Spees, and a uh, freshman, Allison Wara are are good, solid players. Uh, they just don't have enough of them uh, to 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 hang with those other teams for that long.
2: And you know, they're another one that doesn't have a, a twenty goal scorer at this point in the season, um, which you know it's not a magic number or anything, but it's when you're a team looking to go to a state tournament, especially in girls hockey, when, you know, we can still, we see that like you having one really good score on your team is still like a huge deal. Um, you know, and not having that is, is going to hurt them.
0: Let's move on to division two boys, section four final Let spring. me do the Twitter first. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I forgot.
2: Bay Area is at 53%. Fox Cities is at 27 The Warbirds are at
0: 15%. So heavy favorites is the Bay Area. Yes. Section 4D2. Fond du Lac Springs and Stoughton will play on Thursday. Homestead Highlanders and Cedarburg will play on Thursday. McFarland and Monona Grove will play on Thursday. And Oregon and Wapan will play on Thursday. Ledger's are the number one seed. Oregon's number two. McFarland three, and Homestead is number four.
2: Yeah, Springs is uh, undefeated in v- Division two this year. Um, their losses have all been Division one games. Uh, they've beaten, as far as Division one teams go, they've beaten Notre Dame University School, Nina Fond du Lac, any other big game? Chippewa Falls. Uh, they beat Edgewood earlier in the season. Uh, like that's a really good, their first line is as good as any first line in the state. Um, their top three scorers, uh, Talon blank 42 points, uh, Dane Dinovich, but 44 points, Josh Austin, 44 points, uh, Dianovich and Austin are both seniors. Uh, blank. I don't remember if he's a freshman or a Sophomore. Sophomore. Uh, Yeah. Sophomore. So, you know, once again, um, nobody else on their team has more than 16 points. Nobody else on their team has more than seven goals. So their scoring has to come from their top line. The closest they've come to losing uh, a division two game was their game against Oregon earlier in the season where they won three to two, um, Oregon wildly outshot them in that game. Uh, both of Oregon's top two scorers, the 100 point scorer, um, Kyle Rohr and, uh, the 88 point scorer, Andrew Jicha, they both had goals for Oregon. Those were their two goals. Uh, Dane Dianovich had a hat trick for Springs, uh, natural hat trick, the first three goals of the game. And then Oregon got two more, two in the third period, but, uh, 45 to 24 Oregon outshot them. Uh, both teams took a fair amount of penalties, seven for Springs, uh, six for Oregon, uh, the, the power play goal by Springs was really the difference in the game. So that's, I mean, that's as close as they've come to losing a game to a division two team this year, but looking at the flow of that game, you know, things have changed since then, but uh, it's going to be a top line versus a top line and they could go either way.
3: Well, I, yeah. I think it's, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a top line against top line and and Oregon's top line has put up, I mean, more points um, than Springs has, but I, I, I think the, the the difference is going to be on the back end, you know, defensively. Uh, Oregon's giving up almost four goals a game. Yeah, uh, Springs has only given up two. Um, yeah, they can both score goals, but Springs doesn't give up as many goals. They're stronger defensively. Um, yeah, they gave they give up a lot of shots in that game. I, I wasn't at the game. I don't know how many more high-quality shots, how many rebounds they had. But uh, they've got a good goaltender, in uh, Mr. that's going to make a
0: huge difference.
3: And yeah, I mean, offense sells tickets, defense wins games, right? Something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would bank on Springs on the back end on this one. So Should
1: you're
0: expecting be a heck of a game. So you're expecting Fonda like Springs and Oregon to meet in the sectional final.
3: They are clearly
0: heavy favorites. Uh,
3: the top. I mean, yeah, final and the, even in the computer thing, Final Act Springs is two, Oregon is seven, and you know, the next one down there is like McFar- or, you know, way down there at 17. Like Wapon's uh, got the good
2: goalie though. In the early part of the season, Homestead was getting um votes for. Division two, top six. Um, Homestead uh, is the the largest school in division two this year, uh, replacing Superior, who was the largest school in division two last year. Homestead was getting a lot of votes uh, for top six in the early part of the season, but then they ended up going 11 and, and 13. They had a, a rough, they won their first five games and then lost their next five games, uh, which were all against uh, division two, or Division One teams, um, and then it was kind of back and forth since then. So Homestead, uh, we, we've always liked Homestead; uh, they're they're good to us. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see them I don't uh, see them sneaking by. Um, McFarland, maybe uh, they'll have a better time against Oregon than they will against Springs. I think um, Springs just being that much more tight defensively. Uh, When you're when you're trying to beat a team that's better than you, you have to you have to capitalize on the opportunities they give you and you can't get penalties. And just looking at, you know, how many goals they're giving up this season, Springs just gives up a lot fewer of those opportunities. I think it's I mean, every team gets beat by a team that's not as good as them at some point. Um, You know, McFarland can can probably beat Oregon, you know, if all if the breaks go right in a given day. I don't know that they can beat Springs. Um, that'd be real tough.
1: Uh, the two meetings against McFarland with Oregon, uh, the most recent one was you know just a week ago, where they beat McFarland. Got lost seven to one. I as you were talking about, you know the, the goals that um, Oregon's given up, and going through eight of their losses, there was a total of forty goals in those eight losses. Uh, two of those losses were to Edgewood where they gave up 10 goals in one and eight in the other one. Um, they, Sock Prairie were a couple of high scoring games where they gave up a total of 13 goals between the two games against Sock Prairie. So, you know, it's going to be one of those one games. I think if they do meet in the sectional final, Oregon's goalie is going to have to have one of his best games of the season in order for them to advance to get past this, the ledgers.
0: Division one, section four, our last one. Wakshaw Wings, number one seed, KMMO and WNS play to uh, see who plays them on Thursday. Muskego and Beloit play on Tuesday at Wilson Park. Brookfield and Monroe play on Tuesday at the Ponds. So the Beloit and Muskego, Brookfield and Monroe, those winner levels will play on Thursday. Number two seed is the university school. They're going to play the winner of Janesville and Kenosha. And uh, number three seed is Arrowhead. Arrowhead's going to play the winner of Marquette and Milton.
2: So we're probably looking at USM against Arrowhead later on in the bottom of that bracket. Uh, you've seen Janesville a bunch of times this year. All I know about Janesville this year is the, the seven goal lead they blew against Oregon. Um, You've seen them this year though, MJ. I mean, they should get by Kenosha, but do they have what it takes to get past U school?
0: You know, Kenosha, the thing is with them is Kenosha has a little bit of history on their side. A couple of years back, in fact, it was the year I was in Vegas. I went, We went to Vegas and Janesville was playing Kenosha in like the first round or something. Um, Kenosha came over to Janesville and beat them and they beat them soundly. I don't, you know, the players change and all that. Kenosha has a skater on there, which I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they have a skater on that team who's pretty good. Janesville has a top line that's pretty good. Their second line, third line, get a goal every once in a while. Goaltender can kind of, you know, he can steal a game here or there, or he can look bad. They're kind of thin on the blue line. So for if Janesville beats Kenosha for them to get past university school, you know, second year in a row, you're going to be asking for a lot because university school yet they haven't had a great year. They, uh, you know, they still may have more than enough to you know top Janesville. One just, I forgot it last section for our Twitter.
2: Uh, St. Mary Springs is at 86%.
3: The
2: high, the highest of any of our polls, Oregon's at 10, McFarland is at 2. Into this oh. one, Waukesha's
0: at 45, U School's at 31, Arrowhead's at 13. Milton and Marquette play for the right to play Arrowhead on Friday at Arrowhead. And Marquette last year, if I remember correctly, Milton... Last year the year before, Milton won their first playoff game ever. And uh, they went over to Marquette and they just got clobbered in the second round game. Uh, Milton still has Gannon Clagora, uh, Emma's big brother. He's a senior. He's uh, in the top 10 in the state and goals scored. He's he's a good scorer. He doesn't have a lot around him. And uh, Marquette may have enough to just go ahead and shut him down. And uh, they would move on and play Arrowhead.
2: Marquette was actually getting votes uh, in the early part of the season, too. Um, I don't think they ever actually cracked the top six, but they were getting votes the first several polls. Uh, They started the season off seven and one uh, after December 29th. Uh, Lost to Sock Prairie, lost to Waukesha. That was a bad beat to Waukesha, seven to one. Um, Then, you know, three games later, they tied Arrowhead one to one. Um, they played uh, Springs and uh, lost in overtime, 5-4. I mean, given the track record Springs has had this season, there's no shame in that. No. Um, so, I mean, other than that that bad beat to to Waukesha, that 7-1, they've been in most of the rest of the games they've played. Um, they had a long losing streak there, but even then, you know, 5-4 overtime loss to Springs. A four nothing loss to Needham Hortonville Manassah, who was ranked um, fourth in the state at the time that that game played. Um, so I mean, they're not. I mean, their last their last game of the season was a six 2 two loss to Spash. Spash is now ranked um, in the top six. So I mean, Marquette. I think they're 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 better than their record would indicate. I don't know if that will get them past Arrowhead, but I mean, they played them to a one one tie last time they
0: played. I saw Arrowhead a couple weeks ago against Janesville and they beat Janesville 2-0. And Arrowhead has good goaltending. They work hard at the forward position. They don't score a lot of goals, but they have that back end, which can, you know, can win you some games. Walk a Devin
2: Devin shut uh, their goalie at Arrowhead is tied for second and save percentage. Yes. 937. He's tied with Logan Abrick in Hayward. Just, you know, one, one thousandth of a point behind um, Tyler Frommels. And I,
0: I did see him a couple weeks ago. He's, he's pretty good. Um, Although you ask Carl Valamont and he's just, oh man, you know, Carl, he will downplay the whole thing. Well, well, yeah. Waukesha. <laughs> Waukesha. The wings have Tyler Dale. He's as good as anybody in the state. And this kid can flat out play and he can carry a team. Watch Waukesha, the wings. They're not as deep as they've been over the years, but Tyler Dale can carry a team and watch for them to get through, you know, to be in the, uh, sectional final. I'm, I'm predicting because just because Tyler Dale, I mean, he's, he's the real deal guys. He can he can fill it up in a hurry
2: I mean Waukesha finished their schedule 21 and two uh, which is you know pretty good um, yeah. but you know one of their two losses was a 10 to three loss to Edgewood um, and then they have a, a six to four loss to Wausau West and you look at the rest of their schedule and you know they're 21 and two which is is, is a good schedule but their strength of schedule is one of the lower ones Um for all the for the number one seeds in the state, um, without like actually you know going up and looking at, I would I would guess that it's the lowest. Um, you know Baldwin Woodville may be close, um, but it's it's not a, a terribly strong schedule. Um, they do play in a good conference, though. They do, so but I it's I mean, but it's a down year for some of the other members of their conference. You know, school is not as strong as they've been. Uh, Arrowhead can't
0: score goals. But they can stop you from scoring goals. Yes. <laughs> Just the whole Milwaukee area, I, I see it as being a down year. But Waukesha, yeah. you know, scoring goals wins games. And Waukesha and had threat. 90 points this year
2: on 50 goals and 40 assists uh, in 23 games. He was n- not held scoreless this season. He had at least one point in every game they played. But you got to limit him. And he only, he was held to one point just twice. Uh, They beat DC Everest four to one. He only had an assist in that one. And in their three to two tie against Arrowhead, he had one goal. So otherwise he had two plus goals in every, or two plus points in every game they played. Uh, That's just like bananas.
0: B-A-N-A-N-A-S. All right, guys, that's all our looks at the uh, section. Can I do our
2: Twitter for that one?
0: Go ahead. Waukesha, I, I don't Waukesha
2: think 45%, University School, 31%, Arrowhead, 13%. Okay, sounds about right. So, well, I mean, our Twitter users, Twitter followers expect all the one seeds to go to state, which is why they're one seeds, uh, but they're not all going to go to state. Well, they expect almost all the one seeds to go to the state. They you know. Lakeland and Mozanie are tied in that poll. Hudson is winning girls um, Division Two Section Two. Uh, Somerset is winning Division Three Section Three. So three of the twelve sections they don't have the one seed picked. But we've never seen all one seeds go to state. I don't think so. There will be upsets. It's kind of weird that the I think the most likely team to be upset. I would I shouldn't say most likely. I don't know how to phrase this. Hudson has the hardest road to state of all the number one seeds, but they're also, in my in my mind, the biggest favorite, which is something considering how good Eau Claire Memorial is.
0: You don't think Eau Claire Memorial wants another shot at them? I'm certain no, true Eau Claire they
2: Memorial do. wants another shot at them.
0: There's a lot of teams that want a shot at Hudson. I mean, North's going to want a shot at them. Eau Claire Memorial's going to want a shot at them. I mean, it's just going to oh, be... I, a...
3: I, I I really believe that. Oakland Memorial is hoping that Chippewa Falls can knock him off.
0: Who <laughs> no. knows,
2: I mean, Bridger Fixmer's done it before.
0: All right, guys, we've looked through all our sectionals and our final thoughts section. I got a question for you guys Do we do go by the seedings or do, do you think they should go by computer rankings? How do you feel about it? Well,
2: when the playoffs are over, I'm going to, I'm going to compare the seedings to the computer rankings that I have. And I will tell you which one did better, you know, based on upsets. Um, And if the human did better than the computer, then I'm going to stick with the human. If the computer did better than the human, I'll stick with the computer. Um, Like, you know, the big outlier is girls section two. Um, Western Wisconsin stars is fourth in the coach seating and first in the computer rankings um on Alaska's third second they move up the number 1 seed Saint Croix Valley drops down to 3 and the 2 seed Hudson drops down to 4 that's the one that's the most different from the coach rankings and like I don't I don't know how you can rank as the computer western wisconsin head of Saint Croix Valley considering Saint Croix Valley beat them twice I mean, I know other things happen, but it's really hard to make that case that Western Wisconsin should be ranked higher than St. Croix Valley when St. Croix Valley beat them twice in the two games they played.
0: Uh, Bill, you look like you got something you want to get off your chest about this.
1: Well, I, I was just kind of looking at it. And when you look at that bracket, you know, that's another one of these ones where all but two of those teams are Big River Conference. And so, you know, when they did their bracket, they're, Pretty much did it the way they finished inside the conference, except for you know bringing in on Alaska at the three level, so at the number three seeds. So you know it's one of those things where your games that you played during the season gotta amount for something. And if you won your conference, you deserve to be up at a higher seed in your section.
3: Well, I, I believe that is one of the the criteria is you know how you do against teams in your section. Um, so you know, so yeah, they played a tougher schedule, they had a higher strength of schedule, so they're ranked higher than computer ranks, but that was all stuff that was outside the section. Doesn't right. come um,
2: unless, unless, unless the W I don't know, like I don't know, I haven't read enough into it. I know the WIA is using computer ranking to seed basketball this year. I don't know if they developed their own, if they're using one that's already out there, because yeah, one of the criteria is how you did within your section. And the computer rankings that we have access to don't, don't calculate that. They calculate the state as a whole. Or, you know, in one case, uh, the LSQ ranks, the region as a whole, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, I believe, uh, all is one block. Um, so, I mean, there are, you, you have to define how they're going to do that. If the, I don't, if the WIA developed their own computer ranking or paid someone to do it, you know, that's great if it, because you can make a computer ranking that fact, factors um, sectional play into account before going to like statewide play to make as tiebreakers or, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, it depends on how they do it. Um, I'm not against it. I I think, I don't I don't know how much this gets into the head of a high school athlete. Um, like Stevens point, probably should be ahead of Wausau West. Uh, at the time they were seeded, no Wasa West, I think, deserved to be over Point, but after that Point destroyed them, so I'm sure Point would just love to take you know the people say bulletin board material go and take it to Wasa West again. I am sure Wapaka wants to have another crack at Anago they've already beat them twice, but they're they're ranked behind them in that in that section, um, but I don't know if. You know that, that bulletin board material that we media types talk about is actually a thing that high school players care about in the slightest. Um because I'm sure they want to win regardless.
1: But, and, and you know the, the thing is is and you know I, I'm not sure about you know your age group junior when you were in high school but burglar and MJ you guys can kind of relate more to this where when we were in high school there wasn't so much interplay like all these players on team Wisconsin and everything. So there's a little bit more of that rivalry where all these kids kind of know each other and are used to playing with each other and stuff, which feeds a different kind of rivalry, but, you know, it's not the same thing as like um, for Reedsburg was, you know, always wanting to be out there to be bearable, you know, that thing there. And with that being said, burglar, I think you have something that you want to say to all the players as we go into the playoffs that you do every year on on their actions going into these final games of their careers and stuff. Are you going to throw that at me now? All unprepared? Like,
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm not ready for that. I did not prepare for that. Sorry. Um, no, what I, what I, my final thoughts are just going to be that, uh, we asked for, uh, donations, um, you know, cause of our loss of advertising revenue and a bunch of you folks have come through, um, we're at, a, we're getting close to half of what we need. Um, you know, we got, we got our, our awards presentation to put on and all that kind of stuff. So we're, we're about halfway there. So, uh, if anybody who's well, actually, if anybody who's made it this far, through the podcast you've probably you know paid enough just in your 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 ear bleeding and stuff but um, <laughs> uh
0: you know, you know like i said
3: we're, we're 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 getting close to half of what we need so uh, we got the donation buttons out there uh, if you can uh, help us to to get to the state and cover the tournament and do the awards and everything that we like to do down there we would certainly appreciate it
0: Junior had another thing about when we were talking about the computer stuff. You're going to get possibly a thing like the Brett Bielema way of playing. You're going to see how a team beat a team. And it's like, you know what? We've got to score a lot more than that against this team.
1: Well, and, and then all, that, sudden
0: you, all of a sudden you end up running up the score.
2: Well, And that depends on how the computer calculates the rankings. Like, I know that... Um, uh mitch hawker doesn't do them anymore the u.s high school hockey online rankings uh, He used to do those and that used to be the computer ranking of choice that we used Um, anything after six didn't count okay Uh, if you beat it if you beat a team by six goals nothing that you beat them by after that counted you could beat them by six or 60 it counted the same so that would kind of alleviate that part of the computer rankings if if the teams know that anything after that doesn't count for the rankings that's not going to say a team's not going to beat a team by a whole bunch um you know uh nina hortonville has scored 12 first period (coughs) goals against Chano a couple weeks ago my goodness then they took the uniforms off their first and second line
1: Dress to the rest JV. of the game
2: and dress their JV team. I believe you have to take a penalty when you do that uh, for playing a guy who's not on your original printed roster, or in this case, two lines worth. Um, but you know, that, that's still going to happen because hockey players are going to go out there and play. You can't, it's really hard to tell a bunch of kids not to score, go, not to go out there and play. I mean, when you get a big lead like that, you take your first line off the ice. If it's still going badly, you take your second line off the ice, you do what you can, but Um, I mean, you can write, you you like I said, the U S high school hockey online power rankings that Mitch used to do anything greater than six didn't, it didn't matter. Um, so, I mean, if the WIA wants to move to computer rankings, that's something that, you know, they should absolutely implement because who cares if you beat a team six to nothing, that's way better than beating a team 18 to nothing. Nobody
0: wants to see that. Would, would love to know what the, uh, hockey Coaches association is thinking about this.
2: Well, I also ran a Twitter poll on uh, should the WIA switch a to poll computer on? rankings. I ran polls on everything. I was bored. Well, today. you didn't want to run um, on the
0: Super Bowl halftime show. I didn't watch the
2: Super I was out playing hockey because well, hockey's more other important than did. football. <laughs> um, but I asked, should the WIA hockey move to computer-based seating for the state's 12 sectionals? Um, 41% yes, 58% no, with decimals here and there.
0: I, uh, I think the process works good enough when the human part, but you know, what do I know?
2: I don't know what those meetings are like. If coaches are like shouting at each other over the phone or anything like that, then I would say, just get rid of it, go to computers. But if it's like civil and whatever, I don't see the, unless the coaches don't want to do it anymore. If they don't want to spend however long they're on that zoom call, if they don't want to do it anymore, fine. But otherwise I don't see it. It doesn't seem like there's reason to change. I'd rather have I'd
0: rather have eight sections in Division One than computers involved. Good point, guys. We've put on almost two hours on this show. Anything else? It's past my uh, bedtime. I, I, I
3: do. I actually I I do. I will follow up on what Dell said, and th- this is just a message for the high school seniors out there, because for many of you, I mean, the playoffs, eventually, unless you're going to win a state championship, you're going to lose your last game in your high school career. Um, most of you will. You're going to lose the last game in your high school career. And what's going to matter is the the nature in which you lose. Because um, we, we've seen it uh, too many times where it's, you know, you're down by two, three, four goals. It's getting late in the game. You know, what the hell? I've never liked this guy. I think I'll take his head off. Um don't do anything in the last game of your high school career that's going to put a stain on you, your high school, your team, um,
0: your coach. Be
3: re- your coach, be respectful. Uh, go out with dignity. Most of you are going to lose. You like I say, most of you are going to lose your last game. Uh, know what's going to happen. Um, Let's like say, don't, don't, don't do anything stupid. That that's gonna like I say put a put a blight on your 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 group for a long time. Be respectful, be sportsmanlike, have fun. And if it doesn't go your way, you know, so be it.
0: There's only one team that ends the season winning.
3: Well three.
0: Yeah, three. So <laughs> one per division. One per division. Absolutely. Dell, anything you wanna hit
1: quick? Uh just you know touch on what just said the thing is is the way a player handles a loss says a heck of a lot more than the way they handle a win
0: it's good point amen winning is easy junior no i'm good you've had enough to say tonight yeah don't you have another don't you have another poll to post
2: Oh, I'll wait till next week.
0: <laughs> well, guys, if that's uh, we for out of things to say, it's amazing. But let's see how Tuesday and Thursday and Friday go. And next week we'll come back and we'll look at sectionals and sectional finals and have a few more predictions. And remember, if you uh didn't like what you hear, what's Trasher's email? Anyway, uh,
3: <laughs> it's still forwards to him.
0: All right. So for the guys, I'm Mike Hammett. We'll see you next week on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.